Like I started to say, we've talked a lot of basketball this past weekend. Masters happened. A green jacket was given away. Evan, I know you wanted to talk about it. So I watched a great majority of this tournament. As somebody who has really picked up on the live stuff, I was excited and nervous to see how they'd perform. Um, they performed extremely well, but I made a joke with a bunch of people that when Kepka was up big after the third day, man, what if he just throws it away on day four and everybody's like, well, I guess the live players can't play four days anymore because they're not playing four days. Um, again, still not the case because Mickelson on the fourth day had an absolute skyrocket, jumped up to second or whatever he got to. Um, I think Patrick Reed, he had a super tournament as well. He was up there like top five, something like that. So I'm, I'm excited in terms of what the live guys did. Um, in terms of who won, I'm so glad Rom won it because one, his idol's birthday was Sunday. And so there's like some, some Spanish guy, I don't really know his name, but apparently some Spanish dude from when Rom was a kid won the masters and he's dead now, but that's who Rom idolized growing up to become a golfer. And so that was that guy's birthday on Sunday. So super awesome moment for John Rahm. Um, and obviously he's been the best player on tour in the PGA all year. So awesome for him to get that Masters. Um, I just want to go play there once. It's so freaking pretty. Like it, everything is just pristine, perfect. Like if you don't even like golf, like I, I would just go walk the course. I would pay $500 just to be able to go walk it. Not hit a single ball. Don't even allow me on the greens. Like, I'll walk around the fringe just so I can see all the different, like, elevations and stuff. I just want to walk it. I mean, one day I hope I can just go watch it one, like, at some point. But to play there would be something absolutely ridiculous. But, man, is it a hard course. Especially when it was windy and stuff. Like, it just, as somebody who's trying to start playing golf more, the amount of respect for those guys is ridiculous. Like, on Wednesday I watched the par 3 course and there were, like, all these hole-in-ones and stuff. And I'm over here playing at tee time which is about – it's a part three course, and I'm, like, missing the green half the time. And they're, like, having fun with it. Like, they're talking to each other like, hey, usually, like, like let's say they'd hit, like, a gap wedge on this hole. They're like, you know what? Who's going to get closer? Let's use a seven iron or something like that. It's completely stupid. So it's so much fun, um, especially, like, this is the golfer Super Bowl kind of thing. So it's just an awesome experience for everybody um, to watch. But in terms of the golf, it was really, really good golf. Uh, it's unfortunate to see Tiger kind of be done. Um, his body just can't do it anymore. I I think he should go to the Live Tour because they always play in warm places. They only play three days, and they make a lot of exceptions. The guys on their tour can wear shorts. You can't wear shorts on the PGA Tour. It's not about the shorts, but they would probably let Tiger use a golf cart on a lot of those courses because his body just he can't he can play fine. His shots are insane. He just can't walk hard courses, which is just it's, – it, it sucks to see because, like, obviously he won in 2019 and he hasn't been bad the past couple of years. He's made some cuts. Like, for him to make the cut was absolutely mind-boggling that he could still do that. Um, but it just kind of sucks to see. Um, it's just the end of an era. And it, it's it's a hard one, right, because, like, you look at some guys, they go out on top, like they like Jordan going out, obviously he came back in the Wizards game, but, you know, we'll talk about that. But went out on top. You see other guys, Peyton Manning kind of went out with the Super Bowl in Denver or whatever, and then you see a lot of other guys that go way past where they're supposed to be, and then they turn into Paul Pierce playing on the Clippers. So 
it sucks to see him kind of go out this way where obviously he still made that cut, but he's he he's done. He needs to hang it up. I got my wisdom teeth out this past Friday, so I was just sitting on the couch watching a lot of sports all weekend, and I watched more golf than I've ever watched in my life, and I was pulling for Sam Bennett so hard. Mm. I wanted to see an amateur win that thing so bad. That was awesome. And you were talking about how it's so difficult. Sam Bennett's chilling, I think it was eight under after two days, second place. And he's like, yo, this isn't that hard. The course I normally play is way harder than this. And I think that pissed a lot of people off. It didn't help that the next two days he shot over par and then ended up finish, uh, finishing maybe tied for 17th, something like that. But he was – he was exciting to watch. I'll tell you, like, a lot of the time I spent watching the PGA Tour or watching the Masters was to watch Rom play because I knew he had a shot to win and then watching Sam Bennett. I pretty much turned on the holes that Sam Bennett was playing at. That's really who I was tuning in for. So two things. One, when you have literally they had, like, the perfect pristine weather the first two days, and so that's why those numbers were going so low and everybody's playing really well because they had perfect weather. And so then it's just about can you hit precise shots and – he hit precise shots. All of a sudden, gets cold and rainy. Now it's can you figure out how to beat the cold and rain, and a bunch of people fall apart. So that's the fun thing about Augusta is that it is over four days. You could have one phenomenal day because you got good weather, and then the next day it's about who can just figure out how to power through the adversity of whatever the course is throwing at you, and the course won for a lot of people. Um, the other thing, will you watch – Sam Bennett, when he goes to the his first like PGA major, when he gets to grow up and do that, will you be like if you like here, this is like if you saw somewhere Sam Bennett is gonna play in his first PGA, he's finally out of college or whatever, he's gonna go play in the Open. Would you watch him just to like just go see him again? Um, maybe. I know That's that better than an absolute no, which is what a lot of people would probably say about golfers. <laughs> I know that a lot of people, because I think Jordan Spieth was an amateur when he made a run at the U.S. Open back in 15, I want to say. Uh, did he, he won that Open, right? Oh, I don't remember. I, want, I didn't watch golf when I was a kid, so. I want to say that he did. I don't know if he was an amateur when he did that, but there was one major that he played in when he was an amateur, and people were like, holy shit, this guy's making a run. And now Spieth is really damn good. So he's kind of like fast tracked his popularity whenever he was doing that. But I think Sam Bennett's off to a good start. Like honestly, now that I think about it, when his next major comes up, if he's playing it, I probably will watch it. Like if he's in the Masters next year, which I don't know if he will be because he didn't get an automatic invitation back for next year, but I will probably watch just to see if he does anything. Does it guarantee that I'm going to be a fan or watch more than one event? No, but will I tune in to the next one? Yeah, probably. That's one thing I do, like, I love bringing on the amateur. Like, I think that's a really cool experience for those young, really good young dudes, and it also just gets some exposure on their name before they do go pro. I wish other sports could kind of do that. I know you kind of can't, and then, like, obviously with, like, basketball, football, the guys in college are already getting big shout-outs and names and all that kind of stuff, so it's not really a big deal. But I wish they could kind of figure out how to implement amateur kind of stuff in more sports just to get them out there and, like, see if guys that are still in college can hang with the seasoned vets. Like, I just think that's a cool thing to do. Like, with golf, obviously, it's whatever, because anybody if is good at golf. You can be really good at 15, and you can really be really good at 75 or whatever, how old Brett Couples is, who, like, was one of the top dudes, made the cut, that's the oldest man ever. So, golf, obviously, you can kind of get away with that, whereas maybe you can't some other sports. But I do like the amateur aspect of it. Like, I almost wish... Like, the Olympics, 
I wish every, or at least if you can manage it, every single country, like bigger country necessarily, should have like their A, B, A team and amateur team. Like I think that would be really cool to see like what if the U.S. walks off with gold and silver and like a bunch of different things. Like because in swimming you look, it's like it's just the, all the best swimmers go. And so you could have a full platform of Americans, Russians, whatever. So I feel like that'd be kind of cool if you gave the amateurs a chance still to kind of go on some of those bigger stage things. Like, I'm not going to lie. I would love to see if we had, like, an A and B team for the USA basketball team and watch the B team absolutely hand it to the A team. It was like uh, in, like, the with the Dream Team or whatever, watching, like, that special or whatever. The first, like, practice they had, they ran it against, like, some amateurs or something like that or some, like, practice squad they had, and they got their asses handed to them in that first game. Like, I would just love to see – if they put together a team, even if it wasn't like college kids, but maybe just like guys that aren't in the NBA or just lesser NBA guys that just took it to the A team and beat them and got gold or whatever and knocked the U- the uh, the USA amazing team to bronze. Like that would just be great to kind of almost get some of that in-country rivalry stuff on top of inter-country rivalries. One thing I wish that they would do is, this is obviously something that's just kind of a joke, but at the Masters every year, they had like a like a, uh, a casual division, so not even amateur. But you go to like golf clubs around the country, and then you're like, find me, find me some scratch golfers, and then they come and get like you got ten guys that are scratch golfers that like you're just local tourists. pro guys. That, yeah. yeah. Then they show up at the Masters and shoot sixty five over or something ridiculous. They're not gonna shoot that far over because they're still a scratch golfers. So they're good, but. I, I would like to see that where it's like you got Rom shooting twelve under to win the thing or whatever he ended up shooting, and then you got this dude that is good by like the average person's me uh standards. Everybody and then, in their town's like this dude's amazing, and uh-huh. then he goes out there and either plays shit or plays somewhat good, and then it's really yeah. cool because then like that's your guy that works at your golf club that just made it to the Masters and played good, or yeah. you can be like he comes back and be like, damn bro, you sucked. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that would be fun. No, I agree. I think that it would be something that maybe maybe some other uh, some other things do like the waste management tour. That's the one where people it's that one's more of like less serious, like have fun, right? Mm-hmm. I think maybe they could do that for that one. Maybe get some some yeah. uh, casual guys out there playing, and they can wear some polka dotted polka dotted shit or something. Yeah, like I just look real funny. I want to go watch like in person that waste management tour. That looks like so much fun, dude. I, I would I watch if they put on a tour for bad golfers, like. I like I saw something somewhere was like some guy just like made a joke. He like took videos of his friends like setting up for shots and made it look like a PGA broadcast or whatever. He's like, and so this guy's setting up for his tee box shot on the par three. Oh, that just hit a car! Like completely shanked it. That was terrible. Like it'd just be so funny to just try and watch some guys that are just obviously just horrible. It's like golfing with friends, but with announcers, so it's even yeah. better. And you gotta have like like the masters announcers too. You yeah. gotta have like yeah. the actual Jim Nance and yeah. those guys gotta do it and be like, and here he is with his second shot on the par four, and it's in the water. <laughs> I would love if they stopped doing fucking ASMR. I hate when they whisper into the mic like that. I have to watch this shit on mute because it ASMR makes me so uncomfortable. So they're whispering into the mic the whole time, and they're like, and that one's going to go right on the green perfectly here. And it like I can feel it in my chest when they whisper to me like that. I have to listen on mute, otherwise I physically start to feel ill. I don't know what it is, but I wish that they would just get absolutely up in arms. Like, where's – oh, my God. Uh, is it Gus Anderson or is that his name, Cole? Gus Johnson. Gus Johnson. That's yeah. what it is. I knew it was, uh, cannot remember uh, his last name. They need Gus Johnson out there, like, from the T-Box. Oh, 
voice Dixon. That'd be awesome. I wish that they had a guy like that. Like a Bob Minery. Yeah. That guy. Like, they need to make – that's the one thing that I think sports media needs to do. They need to make an explicit division, like ESPN-E, mm-hmm. ESPN Explicit. And I they wish- bring on guys like that that are out here, and some guy gets a drop, and, oh, my God, he just got fucking dro- – like, <laughs> Yeah, I wish – I think that – Sit your ass down. You suck, motherfucker. <laughs> like, when MLB was looking for uh, broadcasting partners, I think two years ago they ended up going with Apple TV – Barstool was actually putting their name into the into the ring, like threw their hat in. They were trying to get a bid for that. I think that would have opened up a lot of doors. That would have been awesome to see the broadcaster just absolutely clowning on guys. Like I think you would have had so many viewers for that. Like you put it like it probably would have been behind a subscription or you have to go online for somewhere. But if Barstool somehow gets like a a TV channel and they can start broadcasting things, like they have a uh, college basketball game, they have a is it? Oh, I'm trying to think of what it's called. I think it's just like the Barstool Classic, Barstool Tournament or something. But it's like a four-team event, and they have, like, Dave Portnoy and Big Cat are the commentators for those games, and they talk about their bets. They don't care what they say on the air. Yeah. They talk trash on the players. Like, that's awesome. I was watching games, and it's like fucking, like, Dart Smith is playing in it. But like, dude, do I care about the Ivy League teams? Not really. But I was watching those games. I wish that they would get those out there. Yeah. I'm, all I'm hearing about Gush Johnson, like, just a 20-foot putt, and you just hear, bang! <laughs> yeah, Mike Breen out yeah. there. That double bang. It's going, so it's going, going, bang! <laughs> like, yeah, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. I wish that they should do that. Maybe we they, should. They would totally benefit. Viewers. Yeah, there's so many viewers. There is no detriment if you do that other than, like, because, I mean, again, you just make it an explicit channel, and it's just like HBO or anything like that. It's like a subscription kind of thing. I mean, hell, ESPN already has, like, 14 of ESPN 1, ESPN 2, ESPN yeah. 3, ESPN The Ocho, ESPN News. Just make it The Ocho. Just yeah. officially yeah. make The Ocho and have it be explicit. Have, like, the... What's the guy from Dodgeball that's Pepper on Brooks and Cotton McKnight. Yeah. <laughs> I knew Cole knew. I looked at him immediately. I knew Cole knew. Yeah, we need those guys out there announcing. Pat McAfee, get, get all oh, of them. That's an old cool. strategy, Cotton. Like, we need those See guys. See if that pays off for him. That would be awesome. But I kind of talked about uh, Barstool getting into the broadcast for baseball. Going to use that as a okay transition into nice baseball. Segue. Nice Thank segue. You. Thank you. <laughs> Hope someone noticed. It was a... Uh, it was a 3 out of 10 segue into baseball. We're now, I want to say, 10, 11 games in. The Rays aren't losing. The Rays are going 162 they, and winning the World Series. Rosarena hit a bomb while we were talking about golf. I'm not even joking. They, he, he didn't. He's, he's nuts. This guy is unreal. They're they're up 3-0 in the bottom in bottom three. I They're going 162-0 and and winning the World Series on a dead sweep. And I'm the calling. fact that two weeks ago we didn't even talk about them as a playoff team. Like, again. They weren't on my list for winners of the <laughs> Like again, twelve games in, very very short sample size, but like this is impressive. Yeah, they've lost. They've won every single game by four or more runs already. Like, yeah. how do you? I going eleven and zero is wild, but winning every game by four runs or more is insane. If I was able to, I'm not going to lie, I would bet against them to make the playoffs because I truly think they'll still miss you, the playoffs. You think they'll fall off that? I, I want to yes. say that hard because we are twelve games in and there's still 150 to go. But you you really think they're gonna fall off? Yes. Off a cliff because currently they have played the Pirates and the Athletics and then some other very bad organization. I don't know. I think the Reds. Yeah, I will admit their opponents are not fantastic. And they're, they're playing, playing the Red Sox three right now. Three of like the four in the Nationals. In the Nationals, like three of the th- three of the worst teams in the in the league. And then right now the Red Sox. Who they're playing the Red Sox, who are also under five hundred. Which yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see what they're actually made of here in a few days when they start playing the Blue Jays, but. Hell of a way to start the season off with a race. Round of applause from me, personally. But, 
Yeah, they started off setting the world on fire. Randy Rosarena might hit 104 home runs. He's at three with this one, so, I mean, it'd be bold. but Only 101 to go. Yeah. Needs, needs a lot more. Kind of like with my fantasy team. I picked up Alec Bohm. He hit 13 bombs last year. He's on pace for 55, so I'm holding out hope. Maybe that'd be maybe that'd be something like Cole's got his cup for college basketball, and I've got my fantasy team for baseball. I pick a guy, he goes ballistic, which is absolutely not true because I got absolutely shit on in the first week of fantasy. My team played terrible. But a guy I really wanted to pick up because I thought he was going to have a breakout year Jared Kelnick didn't end up getting him. Cole took him from me. He is having a breakout 12 games. He's hitting over 300. I, th- I want to say it's up near 350. He had a 482-foot bomb, the longest home run in StatCast era at Wrigley Field today. Absolutely annihilated that ball. And he was obviously former top prospect. Two shit years. People are like, there's no way this guy ends up coming to, like amounting to anything. So this year, I don't know what it was. I, was just, I had a feeling. I'm like, you know what? He's going to do what he – what he's showing that or shown in the minors that he could do, like why he had all that hype. He had a really good spring. I was excited. He went ballistic. So I was like, I'm thinking he's going to carry this on into the regular season. And he's done that so far. And I would like to give props officially. So, so far, I mean, obviously we just talked about the Rays, but what are your kind of surprises for the season so far? 12 games in um, the Cardinals are not good. Hey, <laughs> we beat the Rockies. We, we won the series against the Rockies. It's about time. As a Dodgers fan, just the pitching that we have. We have let up so many runs, which blows my mind because, yes, we're missing Walker Buehler, who is probably not even – no, he is our best pitcher. So missing him, like, hurts our depth and rotation quite a bit. But I still think the Dodgers' like strongest suit coming – or asset coming into this season was our pitching, and I've been proven wrong. It's not looked good. Uh, the Diamondbacks are extremely surprising. Yes. I did not expect. They have a couple rookies, which I had seen some of them as under-the-radar guys. Like Dre Jameson, I saw a lot of people saying, like, watch out, this guy's actually pretty solid. And, like, he's he's looked good in some of the games he's thrown. But And Zach Gallon obviously had a very underrated Cy Young campaign last year. Uh, they've got a lot of guys that fly. Like, I'll tell you what, they swipe bags like it is nobody's business. Like, don't let them in your house because they might steal something. It is crazy. And they've got some pop, too. Like, they were hitting bombs left and right. Like, Corbin Carroll's hitting them out. Uh, Perdomo's hitting home runs. Alec Thomas had was, I think, 1 for 16 heading into the uh, – or 0 for 16 heading into one game against the Dodgers. Then he went, I think, 5 for 5 in that game. They've got so many dudes that are young and explosive and exciting. They are, I think, going to be better than a lot of people thought they were going to this year. But, obviously, there was a lot of talk about the new rules coming into play this year. And this was a stat I saw after the first four days, so I have, don't know how they have been updated recently. There was a little bit of a change. I'll get to that. But through the first four days of the season compared from last year to this year, the time of game was down over 30 minutes. Batting average was up 15 points. On-base percentage was up 15 points. And slugging percentage was up also around 15 points. Stolen bases through the first four games of last year, or first four days, 29 stolen bases total, 67% success rate on the stolen bases. This year, 70 stolen bases. 83% of them were swiped successfully. And then, obviously, like, a lot of pitch clock violations. But this is a huge plus for any people that are going to the game. Now that the games are taken shorter, beer is being sold longer at the stadium. Which, did you see that, yeah, the Milwaukee Brewers? I wonder if how many other teams are going to follow. But. I saw that. I believe Milwaukee's at least the second. 
Oh, who there was are, the there first? There are at least two. I don't know if Milwaukee was the first or the second, but I saw another team did it. They're slipping my mind. I do not remember who it was, but people are now starting to sell beer through the eighth inning rather than the seventh because the games are taking longer. So that's just a dub for baseball fans. You get to see more stolen bases, higher batting average, games are uh, the pace of play is up, games are not taking as long, and you get beer longer into the game. So there, there's now four teams. You have the Diamondbacks, the Rangers, the Twins, and the Brewers. I do not remember which team it was that I saw that did it other than the Brewers. Yeah, so there's four teams now that have extended alcohol sales to the eighth inning. So that is a huge win. Yeah. Another big shock that I saw is why are the Phillies so ass? I'm telling you, it's because they don't have Bryce Harper or Reese Hawkins. Like, I don't I, – I think th- those are huge hits against them. Because, like, know. I was thinking they could – it'd be like a neck-and-neck neck race between them and the Braves at, towards the end of the season and who wins the division with – I would think the Braves would win that. But right now, Philly is fourth in their division with a 4-8 and eight record, and they're only half a game better than the Nationals. And the Nationals are known as, like, arguably the worst team in the league. So, like, what is happening to them? Do you know? Do any of you guys know? Um, they're missing those guys at the plate. And then I think that Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler are both very good pitchers, but I think that their effects are better felt through the wear and tear of a season because they're more workhorse guys. They're not going to go out there and every single night give you eight shutout innings. Like, they'll go six or seven – or they'll go, like, six, seven, eight, give you three or four runs, but they're doing that every single start. So then it's, like, end of the year, you're like, holy shit, they threw 220 innings that had, like, a 2.8 ERA or a 3.2 ERA. You're like, okay, they're actually pretty good. But if you watch them on, like, a Sunday night and you watch them go seven innings, three earned runs, are you like, oh, are are they a Cy Young candidate? Like, maybe you don't think that, but I think that through – the course of the season, you'll see their effect kind of come into play more. But the Phillies' defense is terrible. Their bullpen is not good. Uh, it was terrible last year, too. But I think the fact that they're missing two of their star players is a big blow. But I, th- I think they get it on track. Like, they've got some guys that they're trying to find, like, who to put into those spots. But once Bryce Harper gets back, that's one spot that you don't have to worry about. When is he getting back, though? Around the All-Star break, I believe. I think so. And oh. then if he can play the field, that's a big help defensively because right now their outfield is – well, do you? I I don't. Well, I don't know. How long does a Tommy John usually take to recover? Uh, normally a little over a year. Yeah, I think. Cause when did he have that surgery? Does anyone know? Uh, I want to say it was. Mm, I, if it was like a, I, if he had full on Tommy John like complete tear, then it's probably a while. But I I heard that he's gonna be back this season, so it had to be like yeah. a minimal. Yeah, I heard that too, but that's why I kind of shook my head because I don't. I don't think he'll be maybe it, maybe it'll throw. be like he'll be cleared to swing and he'll come back in DH like he did last year. Yeah, but but even then you're kind of your defense isn't that great in the outfield. Yeah, he had that surgery in November twenty third. Yeah, so. so you're probably you're probably right on the All Star break because that'll be what eight months, nine months, eight. Oh, I okay, so they uh they said that he will return to DH by the All Star break of twenty twenty three. That's the prognosis. And then he, there's a possibility for him to return to right field by the end of the regular season, which feels a little bit optimistic to me, honestly, just for him to be back and play in the field by then. I guess if you're not pitching, you're only making a few throws here and there. It's not terrible. That, that's why I had assumed, like, that's why I shook my head, because I don't, even if it's not full Tommy John, like, that's still the same premise, and you're still repairing the same thing. And, it, and you, for pitchers, it takes over a year. Granted, pitchers are putting a lot more strain on the UCL, but still. Uh, Seattle, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, 
all of us picked Seattle as our AL West winner. They are currently no, in. I picked the Astros. You picked the Astros. Okay. Well, that's. Yeah, I picked. I picked. The Astros are still under five hundred. Yeah, the Astros are playing like ass too. But the Mariners are five and eight, under five hundred. Uh, Julio Rodriguez is playing okay, a little worse than you'd expect. But I mean, they're hoping he gets that back up. They've got they've got a really good bullpen. I think their bullpen's kind of failed them at least two or three games so far. I think that that gets fixed relatively quickly. They also had a game the other day that got blown by Teoscar Hernandez in the outfield. I love Matt Brash. He was in the game, two outs, routine fly ball to Teoscar in the outfield to end the game, and Teoscar kind of just jogs after it and then just jumps at the last second and just skips off his glove. Two runs end up scoring where if he just makes the play, the game is over. And then that game ended up going to like 15 innings, and the Guardians end up winning by one. I wouldn't say it was a routine pop fly because the wind definitely affected it, but, like, he definitely should have caught the ball still. He made it look way more difficult than it needed to be. He took the worst route ever towards it as well. Yeah, it was not pretty. I'll, that's for sure. Kind of a, a mini sidetrack. Did you guys see the minor league team that won 7-5 to five off a no-hitter? That was – oh, that was – have, have you seen the highlights of that, that one center fielder error that cleared the bases? No. Like it was, it was like right in his glove, and like as he just closed his glove way too early, and it just dropped. Like, it was nuts. Uh, ben Joyce was actually the losing pitcher in that one, the one from Tennessee last year that was throwing like 105, 106. He was the losing pitcher in that game, if I'm not mistaken. They uh, walked like five guys, six guys, seven guys that inning, hit like three or four of them. It was unreal. Like that was just absolutely terrible basketball. Also, you mean baseball? Yep, sorry, baseball. Terrible baseball. But also, uh, Indy recently they had a pitcher throw a no-hitter and hit for the cycle in the exact same game. Absolutely wild. I know that he was on uh, the Pat McAfee show recently, and Pat McAfee tried to give him money, and then he had to turn it down due to NCAA, so then Pat McAfee tried to turn it into an uh, NIL deal. So that guy is going to make a name for himself, which is big time. But – this kind of I'm gonna ask this question because I know that Cole is uh, someone that does this all the time and it really makes me angry. But you see things out of the ordinary, you're like, "Holy shit!" When that thing happens again, are you less impressed by it, or are you still like, "Wow, that's still crazy"? Like Cole saw that dude hit for the cycle and throw a no hitter in the same game. Eric Roberts plays at UE. He's leading the leading the uh, conference in home runs and RBIs right now, currently, right? Yes. And he just started pitching for the game for us yesterday. So I brought that up to Cole. Cole goes, I don't care. That's not that impressive. He, he didn't hit it for the cycle and throw a no-hitter in the same game. I'm like, dude, he threw three shutout innings while also leading the conference in home runs, RBIs, and I think he's second or third in stolen bases. Like, this guy's an, is a weapon at the plate. And then he's starting pitching, too. You're kind of comparing, like, are you really setting the bar at has to throw a no-hitter and has to hit for the cycle in the same game? Is that is that your bar for having a – I don't want to say a position player, but he mostly plays right field. He is he he's pitched obviously I think he pitched last year too, but like he hasn't pitched since last year and he is leading the conference. Are you really gonna set the bar at the cycle and then the no hitter? I'm not set. I'm not setting the bar at that for like oh that's what you need to be. I'm setting that as like holy cow that's like very impressive that blows my mind anything like that. Like it's still cool and impressive that they are doing this that Eric Roberts you said yeah. for him to do this. But it's not blowing me away, blowing my mind like he did because I've seen it. Now that I know it's possible, I won't be like my mind won't be blown like that until it happens again. But this is still very impressive what he is being able to do. 
if that makes I sense. I, it, it does. It does. Like, I, I get what you're saying. I just I, – I, I don't know. <laughs> I just it's a grim way to watch everything. Like, you watch everything just knowing you're never going to be wowed. Just like, okay, well, someone's done that before. I'm just going to watch and just see if anything crazy oh, happens. Oh, he, he leads the conference and he pitched. Not Shohei Otani. <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah. care. He didn't win an MVP in the MLB. <laughs> Someone dunked from the free throw line. Okay, well, Michael Jordan dunked from half court in Space Jam, so that's not that's not that cool. <laughs> I, I I'm not gonna lie, you do that all the time, and it really pisses me off. Like I tell you something, I'm like, okay, cool. Well, this like, guy hit a 600 foot home run. Okay, cool. He hit 550 feet. That's still he fucking mollywopped that thing. Like I I get what he's saying, but like it's just it's hard to compute in my brain because it 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 sounds stupid. Like that's just mm. to me, it sounds stupid. It's it's just so it's so boring. It's like once you see something like that happens, and then being like, "Oh, well, I'm never gonna get. No one's ever gonna top this." What's the point of even watching the games then? Like, you, so if you're not gonna get excited, if somebody dropped eighty. Would you be like, "Damn, that was impressive," or you'd be like, well, "Kobe got eighty-one. Will got a hundred. It wasn't that good." I would still be very impressed. But the thing is, like, I'm, I'm still, because if I go to the MLB and watch an Angels game with Otani's pitching, I'm going to see what not the home run cycle or whatever no hitter cycle but like i'm seeing that every single time shohei pitches so i feel like now that it's happening more and more i don't really find it that impressive but like 80 isn't 80 hasn't been dropped in 17 years and before that it hadn't been dropped in like 60 so i think it's still super impressive if it were to happen right now so like that's my thinking on that so are you are you ba- are you basing it off of length of time between it happens? Is that like is that like the kind of bare like oh if it hasn't happened in twenty five years then I think with it not happening in a while it shows like when Shohei came in and was able to do it I was like very like starstruck because like it hadn't happened in a century with since Babe Ruth had done it so like since it's so rare that's what kind of blows my mind yeah. the rarity. I get that. Colts is a perfect game with 10 strikeouts. Okay, cool. Well, Matt Cain had a perfect game with 14 strikeouts, so I, I don't really care. I did it, and I'm going to be the show with 20 strikeouts. Yeah. Take that. Terry Wood, perfect game. Combine them both. He, Cole doesn't give a shit. Poor Cole. We're just picking on him. Yeah. Actually, mostly Troy is. But Yeah, I mean, you'll have that. Your brothers, you gotta you got to make fun of each other. No, you don't. You act like you don't make fun of me all the time. That's an issue for a different podcast. If we ever have absolutely nothing to talk about, maybe Cole and I can just come and like rap battle or something on here. We can just have like a roast of each other. Yeah, I don't rap battle. Well, then you're gonna get fucking flame that episode. I'll tell you what. If it's only me, man, you're gonna be catching some strays. Just to kind of take this back to baseball, um, Jordan Walker hit a twelve game hit streak after today. He ties the record with Eddie Murphy. That record has been held for a hundred and eleven years. And tomorrow against the Pirates. So it wasn't that cool because I have the 120 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, that's cool because Eddie Murphy did it and he's also a comedian. So who gives a shit? But. Uh, yeah, I just I, I wanted to bring that up because he's just <laughs> poor Cole. He was Donkey and Shrek and he had a 12-game hit streak. So I don't want to hear it, guys. <laughs> I need to retire. So I just I, I wanted to bring that up just because he's taken the Cardinals by storm and seemingly through these first twelve games is like our only good player. But we've won two games straight against the Rockies, so it looks like we're straightening out. But we also had uh, 
like a talk topic about that. We were talking about O'Neill Cruz, and he's like, "How old's O'Neill Cruz?" I'm like, uh, "I think 24." He goes, "Jordan Walker's playing good. He's 19." Like he, like he talked. When, when, when I think about these young prospects, I think of 19. I'm like, dude, those are like fucking generational talent guys. You look yeah. at like Machado, Bryce Harper, Juan Soto, Acuna, like Jordan Walker. Not a lot of these guys are coming up at 19 and absolutely shredding it. Like you see, a lot of these guys are coming in closer to 23, 24. And tearing up than they are 19 and doing good right off the bat. But yeah. I don't know. If Jordan Walker ends up getting to uh, like Juan Soto level, that would be quite insane because I can't, like, that would be one of those guys where, like, I didn't really expect it. You know, I mean, like, I knew he was good, but, like, did I think he was going to be Juan Soto? No. I also don't think anyone expected him to have this much of an impact on the team in his first 12 games as a major leaguer. Like, this is impressive. Like, he's still got some things to work out defensively, but, like, his his plate composure, his batting composure is really impressive. Do you think that because the rest of the team is struggling that it kind of elevates his performance? Like, say the rest of the team is playing well and you guys are, let's say, 8-3 and three through the first 11 and everyone else is hitting well. Do you think that people are like, oh, well, Jordan Walker's playing good, but because the team's kind of scuffling and he's playing as well, you're like, holy shit, he's playing great. I, I don't think so. Because I, just because he is 20 years old, I think, I think, how do I want to word this? I, I, I don't know. Because obviously the Cardinals haven't had that start, so I mean it, it is it is like hindsight twenty twenty, like if they were good, I don't know how, how would people react. I think because he is, I want to say like promised to be the generational talent, but we all know he's going to be very good and he's going to be here for a long time. I think we kind of expected him to maybe adjust to the major leagues, and I think that's why we're thinking like he's the next best thing, because he hasn't really had or needed that time to adjust. And he's just been taking advantage and now has 12 hit, er, hits in 12 straight games. So, Yeah, I uh, guess we'll see. That would be quite something if he just comes in and just absolutely com- tears it up, ends up doing this all year. I mean, obviously you're not going to go on like a 162-game hit streak. That'd be fucking insane. But Imagine. That'd be crazy. Just Not good enough for Cole. Yeah. I would be impressed by that. Come on now. Don't lie. Yeah, I mean, it would pretty much – it would almost triple the current record. So What is the current record? Like 57? I think it's 56. If you can keep talking, I can look it up. I believe it's 56 by Lou Gehrig. I thought it was 57 by Ted Williams. No, I don't. It, oh, my God. On MLB it the is, show. It is Joe DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio. 50 s- 56 consecutive games. Fuck, I knew it was a Yankee. Fucking shit. I couldn't remember if it was Lou Gehrig. Well, actually, if you go on MLB the show 16, you'll see that it is my road to the show player, Jake Morrison. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. He has yeah, a Well, hit. I did this in a video game one time. I hit 800 home runs in a year, so Barry Bonds, ooh. Yeah, my guy actually has four straight years with a hit, so it's not Joe DiMaggio. Four straight years with a hit? I hope he gets a hit in a, in a full year. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You did. You were completely vague with that. You had to know that I was going to find something there. Bros gets one hit all year, because that's the one guy. One hit. This guy's crazy. <laughs> one for the century. One for 467 on the season, but he's got a hit for four straight years. Dude, that's crazy. If I'm not mistaken, Miggy's gotten hit for like 20 straight years. He's got to be fucking insane in your books then, huh? (laughs) Compose yourself. Compose yourself. Fight back. Cole just knows. He came in today expecting to get flamed. Yeah, but he was he just he still can't compose himself when well, it happens. When you're wearing that shirt, which for the listeners, it's a 2022 North Carolina men's final four after dogging on Caleb Love, who probably got you there. Yeah. And Armando Baycott and Brady Manick. Yeah. 
Cole likes to uh, Cole likes to live in the past, except for whenever it benefits his arguments. All the time yes. he loves to. Whenever I talk West Virginia, North Carolina against him, he's like, okay, well, North Carolina's won a championship before. I'm like, yeah, well, North Carolina wasn't in the tournament this year, and we were 19. I like to live in the present. I don't know about you, guy. So then he never has th- a rebuttal for that. I consider the last two years the present. Really? Because I don't think that two years ago was happening right now. That's all I'm saying. I consider it recent enough. You know what I mean? Well, it's not the present. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. I mean, I can go two years ago. I can go back and know exactly what happened. Right now, I have no idea what's going to happen. Like college basketball, I can reach I across think, the cable and snap the shit out of you. I think two. I think two years is reasonable. Like NBA, I feel like five years you can consider recent. College basketball, exactly. I think two years is okay. Like, yeah, and within the last two years, we went to the tournament or to the championship. You didn't, so fuck you. Okay, well, you want to know what's awesome is that if I went back two years and then relived everything with the knowledge I have now, I would have a lot of goddamn money, and I would put FanDuel, <laughs> and I would put DraftKings, and I would put sp- Barstool Sportsbook all out of money. But if I'm talking right now, they're taking my money fucking hand over fist right now. Speaking of that, I put down a parlay today. Just a little like six. Was it Nerfies? Nerfies? No, no, the Nerfies haven't been hitting for me, so Wait, I switched it up. Had start, to change my I just mojo. Let everybody remind everybody that before on Wednesday, before hey, hey. the season started, the number one bet that Troy said was going to hit was that the Reds and who are they playing the Pirates? Pirates there was going not going to be a run scored in the first. That was the lock, a hundred percent. Put all your money on it. I was I was watching that game because he told me to put money on it, and I was losing my mind. I texted him. I was like, "Well, this pitcher is shit." Like Mitch I don't. Keller's playing like shit, man. It's not on me. I can't throw the pitches and make the bets. It's funny because we have sports promotion, and he told me to put was it the Tigers and Rays? Yes. And he's like parlay them. I was like okay, and so I was watching the Tigers Rays games on my laptop, and that hit. I want to say easily, but it hit. I was like, oh, we're feeling great. I turn on the Reds Pirates game. I see Mitch Keller just be terrible at his job, and I'm like, oh, okay. Mitch Keller was like, no run first inning. Never heard of her. <laughs> Immediately gives up runs. I swear to God, it's like the first batter gets on base, next batter drives him in. It was crazy. To- to be fair, I haven't heard of a Troy lock of the day since that day. So It's because I fucking there stopped picking the lock of the days. I pick them, I'm like, this could hit, maybe. We'll see. But I uh, I put down a parlay today, like I was saying. It was like six legs, players to get a hit. And the first, like, three legs hit. Jeff McNeil sets a career high and walks. Gets one fucking at-bat and doesn't get a hit. Like, that's unreal. Like, how am I going to bet on him to get a hit? And then they're just like, you know what? No strikes today for you, Jeff. hate when that shit happens. I swear to God, it's always some anomaly. It's unreal. Maybe maybe I'll do my research and then I'll have a, a lock of the century for next week. We'll see, but probably not. Just a, a reminder since week one, whatever Troy say, says, fade immediately. Yep. Mm-hmm. I can be like, book it with Trent. I can start posting my picks and then people be like, All right, I know exactly what I'm going to bet, just the opposite of what this guy says. And I would be making a lot of people money, but I wouldn't be making myself money is the problem. That, but see, that's but you'd be getting money from TikTok. Yeah. From so many people watching you. I was going to say, that's why you got to turn it into like a social media thing. Exactly. So you can still get money. So you can yeah. keep betting and yeah. making other you people keep money. Keep betting, not, not betting too much. So you're not losing enough. But people noticing, oh, he's betting that. Let's go against him. And then since they catch on like, oh, this guy's fucking an idiot. He can't do like, he doesn't know anything. Doesn't know any bets. That like everyone go check him out, and then you get a shit ton of money from your viewership and followers, and then boom, that's I when you make your money. I've, I've always wondered if he faded himself. 
just like he make a pick, post it, and he'd be like, you know what? I'm just gonna fade myself I just in case. That'd be wild. He's just actually really good better, but yeah. he just posts his shit picks on purpose. But they get a shit ton of money from viewership and followers. That'd be big brain. But this idea just came across the old noodle. Um, <laughs> I think that if anyone is trying to start sports betting and needs a reference code, hit me up. I will send you my reference code, and I will be betting with house money. You get they match your deposit. I get that in my account. Just had that recently. Fifty dollars hit the account today. I was like, twenty five dollars down on over the home runs in the Pirates game. It was calling my phone. I picked it up. I put it down. I made like five bucks. It was not a lot because the odds were not great. But I'll tell you what, that money hit. I was like, oh, it's over. Just, just gotta see one. Just go in. Gotta see, see one, one go, go in. in. I'm about to start firing them off now. It's like, ah. Oh. You better watch out, Barstool. I'm coming to take back the eighty-five dollars I've lost in the two bets I've been a- or the two months I've been legally able to sports bet. Uh. All right, guys. I will say though, since when I turned twenty-one, I did set a I set a number. I was like, guys, I'm gonna make two hundred two hundred dollars on sports betting. I'm glad to say I'm now two hundred eighty-five dollars away from reaching that goal. <laughs> uh, but hey, think, you know what? I, I think we need to have a talk. Just. <laughs> It's not a lot. I mean, I could be throwing down like eighty five. I got friends that throw down like eighty five dollars on just a one bet. I'm like, yeah. fuck. I throw down like uh, like long parlays, and I'll put down like fifty cents on. It. I mean, like, yeah, are those gonna hit? Probably not. But the time they does, it's fucking electric. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's gonna do it for us today. Real, real quick, I just want to oh, shout yeah, out. Oh, I forgot the the, the local team, uh, local hockey team, Evansville Thunderbolts. They're starting the playoffs tomorrow. Um, it'd be awesome if you're listening in Evansville by the time this goes up. Um, if you guys show out, it's about fifteen dollars per ticket. It's not too bad. Just get it from the box office. Don't give Ticketmaster your money because they will. The ticket fees cost more than the actual ticket. Just go to the box office. Um, we're the fifth seed playing uh, Roanoke. They're they're called the Rail Yard Dogs. It's kind of sick. That's <laughs> a sweet That's mascot. Um, Dope's name. But uh, yeah, we're the fifth seed. So even though we're the fifth seed, we're we're kind of we're we're pretty good. We've uh, set a franchise record and win. So it'd be cool if you guys uh, showed out tomorrow, uh, seven p.m. puck drop. Wear white. It is a whiteout. So just wanted to throw it in there. Shout out the uh, local team. Good stuff. But with that, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Want to give one last shout out to the Crescent. They host this. They sponsor this. It's everyone go follow our socials. Crescent Magazine on Instagram. Crescent Magazine one on Twitter and UE Crescent Magazine on Facebook. Posting a lot on all of them. Make sure you give us a follow. Peace.